Hello, mate. What's your name? Conchetta Caristo. Conchetta Caristo. What do you do, Conchetta? I'm a comedian, I think. G'day guys, Andrew Barnett here with a brand new episode of Crowdworkcast. Uh, as you heard just then, my guest this week is Conchetta Caristo, who is an absolute joy of a human being to chat to. So uh, you're going to enjoy the episode. Um, you will have heard recently that Conchetta has uh, just been announced as the new Triple J Breakfast presenter for 2023. Very exciting stuff. Uh, really excited for Conchetta. She, uh, we taped this a little bit before that, so um, we didn't chat about the Triple J other than she does um, mention in the podcast that she's training to be a Triple J presenter, so obviously that went well. Um, so yeah, check her out. Listen to uh, Triple J Breakfast. You can get all your Conchetta uh, content there. Or if you'd like to follow her online, she is Conchetta Worldwide on Instagram and uh, Conchetta Caristo on Twitter. Um, if you'd like to follow me online, I'm uh, Andrew Barnett Comedy on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, and uh, Mr. A Barnett on Twitter. Um, now, if you are enjoying the show, um, I really would love for you to leave a review. Um, if you can't do that, just at least subscribe to it, tell a friend, um, help me build this thing. Uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this episode. It's Conchetta Caristo. <laughs> Oh, I love the confidence of a comedian, I think. Why is it only an I think? <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. Like, now if Uber drivers or anyone asks me, I say comedian straight away, point blank. Even though I think the shyness comes from, like, nobody knows who I am. Like, it's a weird existence of, like, I do it, but it's so weird to say it to someone and they're like, you kind of have to be known. Sometimes it feels to be Yeah, I think comedian. my other rule is, are you paying the bills? Like, if it's what you do... Mm. You know, because I, I, I've had that same, like, timidness to to say, you know, like, yeah, I'm a comedian. Like, even down until very recently, people, you know, would ask me, what do you do? Oh, I work at Fox Sports or whatever, because that was wow. where I was doing comedy most. Yeah, yeah. And you don't feel like... But then now I'm like, well, this is this is all I do. But it's all you do, and it pays, like... And it's so... I was th I'm, like, so in awe of you. It's like... Because I think about me and Ben, and we're both comedians, but we're both not like struggling, but we it doesn't pay all our bills yet. And I think about how you're like a family man. You have a family and a beautiful, and I'm, and it's all from the dream. Like that's the dream. You're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I've also got a wife who you know she's got a job. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's so true. It's like anything, and I don't know. I think at a certain point, like you, if if it's the only thing you do then and if you know comedy in general is the only thing i do like i'll if you know take whatever gig i need to to, to sometimes to you know pay the bills or whatever but that is that's when you do sort of treat it like okay okay i need to work it, it is a nice motivator for me because i am very good at getting comfortable do you know what i mean yeah like you know that feeling of like i don't know. I'm pretty happy. Oh yes, I'm comfortable. yes. I don't know. Whereas yes. uh, there's nothing, nothing comfortable about uh, knowing that okay, we've got to pay a mortgage payment. And yeah, that needs to come from somewhere. Totally, so, it's like pushes the hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long have you been uh, doing comedy? Um. Okay. So 
I started like performing ish um, in university. We're talking 2015, um, 16. I started in reviews because I was like doing a degree and I, I was doing acting and I just really hated it. And there was a funny guy in class who was like, You should be doing theater sports over at um, Sydney Uni. And that, that's not a sentence a lot of people. Um, you know, you should be doing theatre sports. That's so definitive. I, I know. Like, that's not advice for everyone. No, 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 no. <laughs> you think honest. it should be to someone who they can see there's something there. Um, and so then I started doing that and that led into doing, um, yeah, theatre sports. And then eventually I went to improv classes. So that's just what I'd been doing for years. But I didn't start stand-up comedy uh, properly where I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing it and face my fear. That was like 2019. I'd done it a handful of times before that, but 2019, I was like, okay, time to hit my biggest fear. And then I started. 2019. Yeah. So that's, you've come, you're doing well for the the amount of time. Like having yeah. worked with you, that's, the, obviously you've taken a lot though from, mm. in terms of writing and knowing what a performance is and all that sort of stuff from the, the previous experience. Yeah. I always, it always fascinates me when you see someone come in um, and their stage presence is immediately like, oh, wow, this person, where have they been? And then you realise, oh, it's an actor. Yeah. <laughs> they, they know the performance side of it before the, mm-hmm. you know, before the, the, the ins and outs of, you know, the jokes sometimes or whatever. Yeah. Like, not, not so, you know, everyone's there themselves. But that is always the biggest head start actors get is they look like they should be on stage. Yeah. But can I say, honest to God, um, even though I had that background in sort of performance and being on stage, I only feel like now, and this is what, years down the track, that is like I've started to be actually prop, like actually look properly comfortable on stage and confident. No, I'm serious. Like, Barney, like the amount of gigs, or if I watch back, I am so like... Like not, I like you know if it, if things didn't even slightly go well, I'd be like a disaster. I was still like flitty and crazy. It's just so. That's to me that the work of stand up is it actually takes even if you even if you are an, are an actor, don't you think like you can't get properly good and understand why the pros are pros until you just do it. And I'm only years in, let alone ten, fifteen, twenty. It's just so amazing. Yeah, there there's no real shortcut i don't think to i mean certainly there's people that progress at different ways at different like uh, speeds but Mm. there's and particularly for me like i needed to spend just a lot of time not being good before i got to any point where i feel like like even now i'm like i'm like i can't like I wouldn't not comfortable going. No, I'm really good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's that thing. Where but you're you go, psycho if you say that. Like you, there's, there's a, like Ben. I like this because Ben and I sort of agree. Like I think Ben's the most amazing comedian. But like it's the best comedians who, you know, you can know your talents and know you're good. But there's, there's like a line if you go into like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the best. There's not like I'm really. Good. It's like it's that constant striving, picking like. You know? Well, I, I also feel like if you feel like you've solved it, then you've, you, you're sort of almost destined to stop improving. Mm-mm-mm. Like you need to feel like, and this is just my personal sort of way I approach it, is like if I ever got to the point where I'm like, well, I've solved this, <laughs> part of it would be I'd sort of lose interest. Yeah. And I wouldn't 
like I'd get bored with myself and I know I wouldn't, I'd just end up repeating the same stuff, if not the same exact jokes, you know, I'd just be writing the same style of jokes, yeah. just in different words. And I don't know, that, that I feel like that idea that you can always, it seems to me that that there's always room to keep improving or learn something. Yeah. Um, which is kind of why it's interesting to me anyway. But um, Totally. So, Ben, we should give some context because <laughs> I know, um, just full disclosure, we're doing these back-to-back because Ben uh, is your partner. What, how, do, how do we describe the relationship? Oh, my God. I mean, I think it's a really happy one, like where... <laughs> I was more just going boyfriend, oh whatever. Oh, God, but sorry. I really ha- no, no, no. I'm, this is- Fuck, he's laughing. I'm going to kill myself. This, this is now... I'm, I'm going to classify it as it's now broken. It's over. <laughs> wow, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he's my well, boyfriend. He's my boyfriend of three years, and he's a fellow comedian who's done it for 10 years. Yes, and uh, we're... So full disclosure, we I just sat and did an episode of this with him. Ben uh, Caution is his name, very talented comedian, um, and now he's hanging out just to hear if you slag him off. <laughs> <laughs> how how did you guys meet? Like, did you meet on the comedy scene or did you meet like? Um, definitely met on the comedy scene. No, I actually watched him be really good at boxing, and then that's when I <laughs> fell in love with him. No, um, yeah, we met on the comedy scene, and I, um. I think just my earliest memory was at the room standout. So standout comedy is this room in like it was at Surrey Hills or something. And it yep. was kind of like the first, I think, room where it was stand up and then they would have improv. And I was in the improv team that would headline it or just like be a main part of it every single week. And I just don't think that was really done before. So that was my first exposure into stand ups, just like weekly seeing stand ups, not having done stand up myself. And Ben, I think, was one of the early shows. And, I mean, I'm sure you're going to agree with me. He's a big cutie pie, those oh. nice, juicy calves. Oh, just there That's was so- exactly right. There was just something about him that I- – it was so funny. Like, it was just something about him that I felt really drawn to. And it possibly is, like, clearly I'm very extroverted and Ben is more introverted. Like, there was just something about him where I just thought he was so cute and so funny. And I just have memories, like, in the green room of, like, just – like my brain being like, why do you care about what this guy thinks? Like, why am I trying to like be funny and like all this stuff in front of him? And he gave me absolutely no signs. Um, Ben is, I've found out very, very, very shy, especially with women. (laughs) I could see him almost to be shy to the point of oblivious. Totally, totally. He's, he says himself, he like has no idea if anyone is ever flirting with him. And, um, so Uh, he says that, but he was flirting. But he, okay. (laughs) Okay. So he's been lying to me. (laughs) Um, anyway, so yeah, I sort of had this crush, but because I was so, I didn't want to put myself out there. I just pushed it down and I thought he's not clearly not interested or anything. And, um, yeah. And then it wasn't until a friend, she was like, what are you doing? Ask him. He's a really nice guy. Don't be crazy. Like, and so I did. And then we went out. Oh, wow. And the rest is history. I was, I was, to be honest, I was really hoping it'd be some story like, you know, I was there, I was nervous or shot brand new to comedy. And in rolls this 10-year veteran is like, you know, if you ever need help with your career. <laughs> and, um, you know, something I could paint is really just sort of him being creepy. Um, <laughs> oh, he's creepy now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that, that is interesting. Because, yeah, I, I had no idea how long you'd been doing comedy. Because I think to 2019, um, I wasn't as in, 
engaged in the stand-up scene, particularly like I was doing stand-up, but if I was doing it, uh, I was kind of busy at Fox Sports. And so I was doing a lot of, like if I was doing it, it was more rooms I other knew. Yep. Um, or, um, you know, the pay gigs at the store or whatever. Yeah, where that I wouldn't have been at. Yeah. So, yeah, well, <laughs> no, but it was that thing where you, I wasn't doing those new rooms. Like I didn't, yep. I hadn't done stand-out mm. at that stage. Um, and so that you were a... a I think I yeah, when came across you. I'm trying to think when, when we I want to know when we met. Forget my boyfriend. When did we meet? That's what I'm trying to work out. I remember... <laughs> now we're both flirting. <laughs> I remember you coming down to do comedy downstairs and I'd known you before <gasps> that maybe. Or right. I remember maybe we bumped it. Did you, ever, did you do like the running joke or um, <gasps> Tommy Orr's new material night? Yeah. 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 That might have yeah. been where we'd first come across. I remember Tommy telling me... Um, cause I, Tommy is sort of my, almost my Sherpa back into, um, who, who's this Tommy? Who's that Tommy? Like, you know, and, um, and I remember him saying, oh yeah, that's Conchetta. She's really good. And I remember <gasps> early on when we were booking for that, when we started comedy downstairs on the Monday night, uh, Wildfire Lounge Glee, um, <laughs> uh, when we started that room, Tommy and I, I remember he, he just knew more of the comedians that ran. Yeah. I remember you were one of the names. He said, oh, yeah, we'll get Conchetta. She's really good. That so, means so much to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tomo so much. It's just so funny. I, like, adore him. And, um, yeah, he, he's up there. You, I love you guys. But, sorry, I just had a memory that actually really early on, the thing that was kind of the instigator of um, that made me do stand-up properly in the 2019 thing is entering Raw. Oh. And guess who my fucking judge was? Mr. Ben Caution. Really? So this is before oh, we were. Mate. So that there's your like. Call the festival. <laughs> We've got a conflict of interest. We no, need to we... rejudge that whole thing. No, but that's the thing. We weren't together. He didn't know I liked him. I hadn't asked him out, but I had the crush, and then I had to go up and perform five Classic. minutes. And you think you think I'm talented? You think I'm great? No, I I was crazy up there. God knows what I was like. Didn't get through, and I had to walk past him, and I was. Full of shame. I was so like that's pretty humiliating. The if you like someone to have judging to... Uh, comedy competition, neg. Yeah, that's what it is. He's read the book. <laughs> he knows. He plays all the games. That is. That so is, that was vulnerable. That is funny, Ben. Yeah. So that that is a real. Um, yeah. My God. I I hated. I remember when I was starting when I was first doing Raw and all that sort of stuff. I hated failing in front of strangers, let alone someone you actually wanted. Like, or you care, you want everyone to think you're funny, but yeah. if there's someone in particular you want there yes. to think you're funny, it that's the... It was horrible. It oh was, I was God. like, I'll never be able to face this guy again. I have literally blown my chances. And, you know, I, I mean, it was so embarrassing. I said we were a happy relationship. But, like, why I love it so much is, like, he's the funniest person to me and I'm the funniest person to him. So, for me, a very... You know, I mean, I'm sure it's the same with your partner. It's like you want to feel funny to the person who you love, and I was like, "Oh, that'll never happen to me." I stunk it up, and I would love to know. I wish we could get him on to be like, "What was I like?" I don't know if you'd remember. Well, well I think we can. We can. It might be extra social content for this. <laughs> yes. I might get him in for the end of this episode and just go, "What? What? That raw? What was she really like? She's not here, Ben." Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's 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 fascinating. It's, I'm. It's funny you say I'm. You know. I one of the things I love about my wife is she's not particularly amused by me at all. Yeah, that's hot. Which when so when I do get it a laugh, like a good laugh, I'm like, I right, yeah, one. 
Um, That's so cool. There's nothing, nothing like a sort of, I don't know, that's that self-loathing comedian thing where you're like, you, you don't want the easy audience. No, no, no you want to win the tough audience. And so it, it's like her laugh is equal to like a thousand laughs. And that's oh, so special. But then she will do a thing where she'll get herself in these moods where she'll just amuse herself and just start giggling <laughs> about stuff. And I'm like, how the, like, come on. Like, you know what, you know, one of the shows I found, um, that unexpectedly that she was way into was, have you seen Impractical Jokers? Yeah. Yeah. So that she just, for some reason, there's little things that just hit her and she just loved it. <laughs> and so we'd, we'd watch that, um, often like on a, like on a Sunday night or whatever. And I'd, if, when I get home, if I was working or whatever, and we'd, and the kids would often go to bed and they, oh, they'd be like, Oh, that they're watching that show. Mum likes, we can hear her giggling. <laughs> Like, no, our dad's just telling jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then the, now the kids love it. And it. But that was, yeah, it's it's funny that um, it is nice to find the thing that your partner does that tickles them too. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes when you realise it's so far from what you do, yeah, it's like, oh, why is she like me at all? <laughs> Must be different reasons. <laughs> But that's a good thing too. You yeah. Don't want, like you don't want it all just to be the yeah the because the, then you too you feel like you don't want to have to feel like you're on. Yes. Which is one of the things I like about watching you two um, interact in comedy rooms and stuff is it seems all very genuinely playful. Mm. Like it's more like just a couple of people having fun than you know what I mean. Like yeah not, yeah it's not a yeah I don't know it just you you look like there's fun like you're both having fun which that, that's is so nice that, it's that's a big right. thing actually which is brings me to something i wanted to talk <laughs> to you about we did a uh, a tour a little while ago <laughs> yeah um with uh sydney comedy festival showcase tour and that was the first time i think we'd spent any real extended time together mm -hmm. um good fun tour but one of the things oh, that no. i've ex <laughs> i, I Connor Burns, who's a Scottish comedian, uh, and I, by the end of that tour, were basically <laughs> pointing stuff out to you to watch you enjoy things. But you were, <laughs> the way I described it to someone, <laughs> I think, or the way I described it to Geordie, the tour manager, is I felt like we were on tour with a fully grown newborn. <laughs> like, in terms of your enthusiasm for everything, it was like, that's amazing. Like, and it was just such a nice energy. To, Thank to you. Hang out with. Where does that come from? Wow. Like, how do you? Because you are bubbly and positive, and wh where does that come from? Is that a? Um. Oh my god. I hate to get serious, but I. Okay. I mean, if I had to guess, it's like I. My household. Um. It was my dad was really violent, so my household could be a very scary, sad place. Yeah. Um. And so I was constantly like in survival mode. But my mum tells me, like, when I would go to school, it was like a different world. Like, I loved school. School must have been, and this is in the early days, by the HSE, I wanted to fucking get the fuck out of there. But yeah. without the pressure of all that stuff, going to school, I think I just loved it, relished it, loved, it was like invigorated by being in this place and loved people and got involved and was just like this really happy, enthusiastic kid. And that was for a long time. So I just wonder if it and also this idea of i think 
um, I, you know, I kind of was sheltered for a long time. My dad was just really strict about, you know, just everything was very controlled where I went, what I did, who I saw. So to me, like, that's maybe where it comes from of just like this, just like so excited for anything, maybe being new to things and just, um, loving stuff as maybe it was just like an escape and, um, yeah, I, like I can't fully articulate it, but I, that's where I come from and that's what I'm like. So I'm sure there's like an, a deeper analysis to that, but maybe it's just that. So where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Sydney in um, in Strathfield. Strathfield? Yeah. Yes, I've been to Strathfield. Do you know that? Yeah. I know Strathfield. I, I did a gig years ago in one of those big, Strathfield's got some really big like mansion type houses. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a weird gig for... Um, I forget who organized it, but it was like a bunch of us that would did basically a bunch of us that did star bar regularly together. And someone oh, had organized cool. a gig and we, they booked us to do like a, uh, a little comedy show at a guy's 50th birthday party. And we're in this, it was massive, this house. And we're in the front room in his office. Cause it was a surprise to him that he was getting comedy. Um, and so they just hide out in here until we announce you. I was like, yeah, he's cool. And then we realized, um, Mark Waugh's batting helmet, one of his one-day batting helmets, was on the um, on the shelf. So I just said to, forget who it was that was with, I'm like, get your phone out. <laughs> and so I have this photo <laughs> of me wearing Mark Waugh's batting We're like, just watch the door, watch the door. <laughs> Cheeky. It was, uh, and, but then she gave him, after that, we're like, wow, is it rich? She gave him a Harley Davidson for his 50th. Holy moly. So yeah, there's there's quite a bit of, that's a quite a there's a lot of money in yeah there um, yeah I think there's probably a, a good range though in that area so do you where'd you go to school like just local yeah I went to a um a Catholic private all girls school it was called Santa Sabina College I went to the same school from kindy to year twelve so there was a junior school one side and then you crossed the the road and you were on the big school is that um What's that? Is that like a sister school to... Um, Are you going to say St. Pat's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, a mate of mine um, who's much old, he's much older than me, so he'd, he'd basically be your grandfather. Um, <laughs> he, he he went to St. Pat's and there his kids, and I think his daughter, um, I think she's finished now at Santa Sabina, but yeah. Yeah, it's such a bubble. Like, that's all I knew. I think it's so interesting in the way that, like, when Ben grew up, he went to a bubble of like a Jewish school, only knew Jewish people. I was the same in terms of like just Strathfield. Everyone I knew was from Strathfield. I went to the school, the same school from Kindy. A lot Kindy. of Italians? A lot of Italians. Yeah, very like um, multicultural. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of wogs. And yeah, I think that's kind of maybe. <laughs> I, think, I think I owe Nick Giannopoulos money now you've used that on. <laughs> oh, shit. Trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was probably living there because yeah, it was like a great place to live like a good suburb with good schools and nice houses mm. but i definitely didn't have like harley davidson no like gifts going around it's interesting it always interests me too like the and because my my father was a like a high school principal and then a central school principal then went back to being a high school principal but he um he is he talked about like you know talk about working in schools there are some kids who you realize um, school is more like it's almost their safe place, their consistent place. Yes. And wow, he, he said you could notice some kids. You you see their shoulders drop at home time. Yeah, and it's so funny because my sister's um the opposite. I think my sister, you know, home life was shit for her too. 
but she also didn't have a great time at school. It's just like everyone's different. Um, it would be difficult for some people, maybe a, a different life, but for me, um, I really loved it. But my sister was not the same for her. Absolutely not. No. So how many kids? In There's the just the two of us. Just the two me of Me and my younger sister. Younger sister? Mm-hmm. How, how much younger? Four years. Four years. So I'd... I'm not supposed to ask a lady oh, how you old can. she is. How old are you? Because you're young. You don't care. <laughs> I hope I don't care the whole time, but um, I'm 28. 28? Yeah. Wow, you look younger. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. That's, it's funny. I look at... Because I start. I think I started comedy at... Must have been 20... So I would have been 28. That's amazing. So I would have been your age when I started comedy. And I felt like the oldest person starting comedy in the world. Wow. Um, which was only exacerbated. But I had a kid at that stage. I'd been wow. married for a couple of years and I had a kid. Um, but, um, yeah, it's funny now watching. like, And then it's funny because I was talking to your partner, Ben, about he. I remember him turning up as a like a 19-year-old. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God, that... That fills me up. That's um, so beautiful. Probably part of the reason I felt so old at 28. I look back <laughs> now and go, I wasn't old at all. Like, You're not <laughs> at all. I know that's so, but I feel that too. I'm like, there's guys who start and they're so good and they're like 20 in their 20s. Yeah. And, 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 and people who um, were performing and knew about performing in school, like I came to it after school, like, you know, university and stuff. There's always someone younger than you. But that's why it's so amazing when, it makes comedy interesting when there's people from all different lives and and that's just you just have to that's like the advice is like it doesn't matter when you freaking start you just do it i remember um years ago working with um don marrera who's a uh, american comedian uh, has worked with every opened for sure like that's Whoa. what he just had the best stories like he just i um worked with him at the store doing the weekends when he was out and then he him and I got along real well in a couple of tours. So a couple of tours in a row, like he asked if I'd open for him at those shows at the store and stuff. And it was the it was the best. That's He's so the most cool. relaxed bloke I've ever met in my life. Like in terms of, you know, most people when their hour starts, like their show starts, they're backstage getting focused. He was, when I went on stage <laughs> to open the show, he was still um, finishing his drink in the bar before coming back. Like just... That's like so cool. But him t- talking to me about how... One of the things he loved about comedy was it kept him young. He said, "I'm." He goes, "At my age, where would I ever be interacting with people as young and as I as I do? Like, and I get to hang out with them as peers, and and that's something I don't think I appreciated as much at the time. But now I think about it, and I do. I really do. Like, I, you know, it's it's interesting getting to hang out and get those perspectives, and because I think that's important too. Because especially at the moment, you can. It's very easy to get in a bubble." Yeah. Um. And like I see that even you know people talk about oh you get in these bubbles like people get in their information bubbles but you can see it even in social bubbles where, um, you know when you're busy and you've got kids and, um, you know that you get running them to from school activities your entire social bubble can be people in those same scenarios mm-hmm. and that that becomes your little social world, um, and so then you can see how those sort of perceptions you know for you you start to see everything everyone around you sees the world similar the way you do from, yeah. from that through that prism and so it reinforces the way you're thinking whereas the one of the things i do love is i get out and i when i'm in a green room or whatever you know you, you think about who's there and you're okay you're chatting to 
people yeah. and the experiences are so different. Totally. Um, I, I mean, it, it translates to them what they do on stage, but then that's who, just different people. And it's, yeah, that's so true. Like, I mean, that's why it's amazing because you're just, it's bananas to do stand-up comedy. It's just bananas to let go up to strangers every night to be with random people. And it's not, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've told you that I haven't worked in an office, but it's not, you can't compare it to working in an office. Like they like your colleagues, but not really. You can know someone, but without even knowing them. This, well, this is the thing. Like I realized um, doing this, like we've, I'd, and I've probably asked you more questions in the time I've known you than I've asked your partner Ben, and I've known him ten years. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know just what I mean? different. Like, yeah, there's stuff like uh, stuff like yeah, we just and you just don't talk about or yeah. But the other thing is, I think those tours where you're on, yeah, tour where you do you spend longer periods just hanging with each other in their company. Um, that that helps you get to know people a bit better. Totally. As well. Um, and, and that's what one of the fun things, and this is where I think you're gonna like one of the things. Like, I try and I got this thing at the moment, I'm trying to learn or get something out of every gig, trying to learn something. Trying mm-hmm. to, okay, what, what am I trying to take away, you know, that I didn't know before? And one of the things I loved about that with you is there is so much, you, there's so much joy in the process of just doing it, like, it's easy to become jaded. But that's where, if you're ever jaded, that's when I know it's time. <laughs> it's time to give up, everyone. Uh, the world's ending when Conchetta Caristo is jaded. Yeah. That was the. That was such a fun. Just those little things, because it was a fun. And Connor and I were having fun. Just, oh, just hey, look at the seals. <laughs> oh my god, seal! Like it was. I know. It's so that that's infectious energy. But that I think is so important because I think too starting comedy in sometimes in your head or any career especially when you're young you think the the process is going to be shorter you know okay i'll start comedy mm. i'll get a special i'll get the i'll do this on the I'll be, I'll be at this level and it actually it's a career is far longer than you actually realize it is and so if you're not enjoying all the steps along the way then yeah that's yeah that to me that's what i'm trying to get at the, yeah um myself into that now just enjoy the process or yes. worry less about the outcomes enjoy more the process that's so beautiful and the fact that you're self-aware about it is the first step the fact that you can reflect and think about how you feel and what you would like to feel and like that's amazing that's just such a gift that you have that and that you're doing that and it doesn't mean you'll get it right every single time it's just the fact that that awareness is there um i want to say that that trip for me was a gift it was so nice that's the thing is like you know i think about being in comedy rooms and, and you know me i'm extroverted but sometimes i'm like writing seconds before i go on like we haven't even gotten to process but like i haven't thought about it right so i'm like and i can't be fine and then i leave but like having something where there was more time where you get to know people by like doing activities and eating it was so yeah. different and it was so lovely to put these like five random comics together and i just adored you and, it, and then it means I, it's like Next time you see this person at a gig, it's like you've got that special rapport in a way that you would never have had if we didn't do it. And I loved it. And I also just wanted to say that there was a really nice moment on that trip. I don't know if you remember, but it's when we were leaving that convenience store that had literally everything in it. And I bought like a Barbie <laughs> magazine and a, and like a Barbie thing. And, and I was a bit down and you were like, hey, are you doing okay? And I just told you I felt like I was stinking it up there or I was like just being average. And you just like, like you just said something so encouraging and you know and I just like that you could see that in me and 
you're just a very kind, you know, intuitive person. So thank you. That's that's not. Uh, yeah, I I sometimes think you don't realize like as much as you thought I was intuitive and really intu like that. I now that you met now that you said that I remember that conversation, but that hadn't really clocked in my head. Like oh. so, sometimes I th that's nice to know too that that just taking that little moment that it's just to ask someone how they're doing or whatever. Mm. Um, sometimes that you don't realize the impact that's having. Like I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, and that, that's really nice to hear. That was a fun, that was a really fun trip and that weren't, they weren't all easy gigs or they weren't. No, all, no. <laughs> like it was, it was an odd trip, but we had, I, part of what I loved about that is we had those, we had a few of those, like that was it. Um, yeah, was well, it Naruma yes. at the the Kinema, <laughs> and it was just such an odd room. And then mm. the second show, especially, was as a different sort of a crowd. There was just, you know, what it was. It was that there's with. I'm a big believer that in comedy, there's the size of the room determines the percent. There's a percentage of the crowd that can be shit, um, and that will ruin it for the rest of the room, or that will dominate yes. the night. Oh my god! Now in a smaller room that percentage is a smaller number of people. Like that's where I'll, um, you know, you do like a, like happy endings comedy club on, I'm there on the weekend, this weekend. And, um, I, I always have fun there. And, but then I've talked to Mark about it and that's why he doesn't let big bucks parties or whatever book there because it's, it's because it's 60 to 70 yeah, seats. It would just dominate. It, do yeah, it's too much of the mood of the room. Whereas you need a nice, mix where you know people can interact but don't feel like that they're that that one group interacting is intimidating to yeah and derail the, the whole thing which is i think what happened in some ways in that second show at um at naruma but i mean but that's also too one of the things i do love about comedy as much as it's a solitary sport we were all like there there is a sense of camaraderie camera yeah. backstage we're like oh well we're all gonna deal with these yeah this situation and totally. see how we go and and that's one of the things i love too is watching how different comedians navigate it because for me there's like i'll sit back and go oh, okay what could i have done differently how would i have approached that and then you watch someone get them and you go oh, okay so you see how they especially when you're when you're gigging with people um in series of consecutive nights seeing the way they vary things to suit a crowd to suit what's in front of them in the room to make it sort of special i suppose would be the romantic way to say it f for that room or to make sure that the material gets across to them that's that's always fascinating to yeah. me yeah and i think there was that was interesting to watch the way each person did it did that so true which is goes back to my there's you really never finish learning no in comedy i, d I don't think anyway it shouldn't really be in anything like in like you should always be like mm. i think that's the point god's getting so philosophical but i was just talking about this with like random people i met on the plane that i was just on and they were talking about um the fact that like that's such a controversial <laughs> sentence so <laughs> random people on the plane we got deep and philosophical <laughs> but they were just saying like you have to constantly get out of your comfort zone in everything and that's also my mm. therapist i just said therapy and i was saying that like you know, I told you Ben and I in a really happy place, but we had like one bigger argument about something recently, but it was like a thing where, um, in the past before I had like done therapy and was a bit more comfortable in myself, if I was angry at my partner, I would, um, 
be angry at them to like punish them if that makes sense just to be like learn that this hurt me and in this really like not healthy place and for too long and um with ben where i've like done more of the work i'm more mature or whatever we had this fight and i didn't have that it was like i know you i understand you understand that you've hurt me i've explained why can we just go back to being in love now like i get it it's fine i didn't need to like lash him with all this kind of stuff and i was talking about that with her and she was saying like you need to have ups and downs in a relationship. If you have like a constantly happy relationship, it doesn't mean like if something goes bad, it's a horrible, bad relationship. That's the ups and downs that make with adversity comes learning, which comes like, and I, it just, it's the fucking point of life. It's like, yeah, we're going to have good times, but literally every single time around the corner, there'll be bad times. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? You're just coasting. For, it's like, yeah, exactly. it's easy to say now it's horrible when you're in it. But if we zoom out, I guess that's it. You're not supposed to stop. <laughs> but just yeah, even the awareness that okay, even the best, whatever the best career, best relationship, best career. Like we're, I'm in a position at the moment, and we've had a lot of this where um, our work at Fox Sports has sort of ended, and we're looking at the next thing. And I remember I was talking to the guy I um, work with on that stuff, and we we're talking about how. And one of the things that helped me there was I was like, oh man, this that's all gone away. What happens now? Is did we you know? But then one of the things that helped me was just reading a lot of, I like biographies. Um, yeah. So just reading a lot of biographies of performers and just other people who've achieved stuff. And you realize, oh no, like they weren't, like John Cleese wasn't born John Cleese. He had to become the John Cleese that we know. And mm-hmm. there was some risk taken in the way. And sometimes it didn't, it wasn't always a fair complete that it's going to work out. And, you know, every, every career has points where people are, down mm-hmm. and forgotten about for sometimes long periods of time yeah but it doesn't mean that they just keep doing it and that's where back to working on like just enjoying the process of doing stuff which is part of the reason i started this again was i always enjoyed doing this that's great but um and that's where i'm you know so i just thought if i do it and not worry about okay yes how do i monetize how do i do well it just let the if you just head down do the work then the career takes care of itself sort of totally approach just start and mm. the main thing you said is that you you really enjoy it so just mm. do, i mean podcasting is like the bottom rung of like just do it accessibility and um you know i've got like a million podcast and like i told you i'm a nobody but people listen and they love it and it being so it's like this is crazy like i don't so how many podcasts <laughs> do you have well i've just like done a lot in my life but i only currently have two um okay. but it's so funny i've recorded this other one which was like a not meant to be a weekly one it was recorded all at once it's like this italian podcast where i spoke to italians of note these really? guys like hired me to do it and it's coming out soon so i guess it would be three but right now i just do the one with ben and one with my friend lauren and so the one with ben is called the quibble hour, the quibble hour and you guys we just we muck around we muck about it's the joy that you're talking about yeah. of like us being silly. It's just that with microphones. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And um, the one you do with Lauren Bonner. Yep. That's is... called Big Natural Talents. And <laughs> that was another thing that just started in lockdown of, of like two people who were funny together. And I was like, I think other people are going to think we're funny. And we just started and we like talk about nothing. And then eventually we navigated our like hook, which was just talking about gossip. So listener send in gossip. We speak about it all anonymously. Um, we get guests to come on and tell gossip that's from their life, from the places they've worked, stuff they've heard from school, whatever. And then we also talk about news as if it's gossip, like gossip news that's happening. And yeah. What? Okay. So 
first off, the name, Big Natural Talents. Yeah, how hilarious. That's a very, <laughs> very good name. <laughs> that's a very good name. But um, I'm not sure what it's in reference to. But um, good name. Uh, the other, so the gossip. This is where I feel like, so your world... Like, the stuff you're plugged into is so different to the stuff yes. I'm plugged into. This happened on the trip when yes. you were seeing what I was scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was amazing. So, what do I need to know? I'm 41 years of age. Mm-hmm. I've got kids. What do I need to know, Conchetta, that I don't know? To put me in touch with the kids again. I'm, this is, I'm starting, this is the first time now. It's first time, and I don't know if it's me or it's audiences, but I'm starting to feel like, older on stage in terms of the way they're perceiving me i don't know wow. if it's that or it's i'm informing it because i'm in my head so my youngest son goes to high school next year wow so i'm like a i'll have like they're not little kids anymore so i'm yeah. not the guy chatting about his little kids wow um, I, don't get me wrong i still am but yeah. it's more past tense than it used to be yeah 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 so wow um so what do i like what what am i missing what's 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 trending Oh my God, that's such a great and hard question. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, when we talk about gossip stuff, it's like a lot of like, just what goes big on Twitter. It's so, it's all like garbage, but it's like, we were talking about the new prime minister of England. Like she was wearing this necklace that people <laughs> looked into was like a dominatrix thing. Like, you know, we go down these crazy rabbit holes that like Kim Kardashian was a sex tape. Like, was it actually planned? Was it not? Then we talk about like, you know, Adam Levine cheating on his wife. You got these try guys, which are these YouTubers that we'd never. What but, are like, try guys? Exactly. So I think there were these guys who worked at Buzzfeed. I remember when Buzzfeed was huge and everything was listicles and, there were just these normal guys who just started to um, try things on the internet. And then, you know, BuzzFeed is a million kajillion dollars. So they could just yeah. film it and make all this content. And then they made their own YouTube channel. And this is so funny because I got interested in it even without knowing what the fuck it was or what it meant. But literally there was four of them. One of them, their whole personality was being a husband, was being like, my wife, this, my wife, that. I love my wife. It's me and my wife in the bio. His bio was this person's husband and then they find out that she he'd been cheating on uh, her with a staff a younger uh, staff person for like a year or something and photos were leaked and it's can just I be honest please that be that honest that bit doesn't surprise of course me. it doesn't like who that, does it surprise that I, guy is the yeah yeah the, and then all these articles come out they're like people who make their brand their partner like is n- never good kind of thing like men be like my what so whatever it's just like garbage it's just like churning through garbage the news is crazy it's I said, you're not really missing anything. It's all garbage. You don't need it. That's so funny. Because when you said the new British <laughs> Prime Minister, I was about to say Liz Truss. Yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah. That my, doesn't matter to me. It's about the fucking sex radar, necklace. On my radar was her backflip over. She was promised. She was promising a tax cut for the <gasps> for the the super wealthy, and then she's backflipped on that because yep. it made markets and. Um, Didn't people cr- go bananas? Yeah, because it was basically. Um, because inflation's so high at the moment, mm. and they, it was going to exacerbate that. It's a, yeah. Basically, that um, and I don't understand this particularly well, but I'm going back to my year eleven, year twelve economics classes here. Mm. Um, when there's inflation, they try and take money out of the economy so that people have less, so that people there's oh. less ex- excess to spend, so demand decreases, so price it puts down with wow. prices. So. What she was doing was, and particularly, you know, with the the super wealthy, 
then that money is stuff that gets reinvested because that's excess money that they've got and so then they'll reinvest in stuff so you realistically i think the theory is putting a heap more money back into the economy um and apparently uh she had a dominatrix <laughs> yeah on. look into that <laughs> this is what i mean like you and i are hearing yeah. about the same person but hearing completely different things absolutely and maybe one's better one's worse who's to say yours is certainly more interesting <laughs> than mine i think people just fast forwarded through that explanation but oh my god that's so funny i was watching last man standing one night like i was just watching the tv i didn't realize that what's his name adam hills has a show and sorry that just reminded me that he was explaining trickle down economics by using a chocolate fondue and he was proving that like it doesn't work of like the more you help the rich the more they'll spend and it's like actually the rich don't spend they'll like save it they'll invest it they'll yeah. whatever and then the it never trickles fucking down so i i learn in very weird ways but that's i think that's part of our like that's that there's almost the infotainment um mm. economy going on at the moment with that sort of st stuff but that is um, yeah, that's that's funny. Like even the way you started that sentence, I, I didn't realize Adam Hills had a show. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know shit. A pretty big show. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, he's a really good for him. Dude. Good for him. I'm proud of him. I do wonder where we're going with this sort of stuff, like the compartmentalization of um, entertainment. Like, yeah, where where are the cultural touchstones going to be in? Like ten years time. I have no fucking clue. Cause like, it, I, I mean, age gets like. I remember being twenty eight and being, you know, the, there was more. I felt like there was more common touchstones between. I never felt like when I was twenty eight there was a big. If I was hanging out with a forty year old comic, there weren't a heap of cultural touchstones difference. Um, now I can be hanging out with a forty one year old comic who's exactly my age on paper similar backgrounds but we're just into slightly different things and our worlds are completely different wow like, it's i don't know where we're going with that like how, how do i how do i get past that conchetta? oh my god <laughs> solve I it do, for me i wish i had the answers for you i it's the world's crazy it's ending it's everything's fast forward everything's quick. do you think we're ending or do you think it's just i mean i just read um <laughs> this book by um oh my god what's that girl and she's famous and Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg, yes. And um, I didn't realize it was just like a collection of all How her speeches. You? Yes. That girl. And this whole thing is talking. She's like, this is the whole message of the book. She's like, I have Asperger's, so I see everything in black and white. The world's ending, right? Literally based on the science, um, we are running out of blah, blah, blah. I would think that if the world was ending, our existence was coming to an end, blah, 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 blah it would be the only thing we talk about everyone would be taking seriously. She's like, it's the opposite. Literally, no one's talking about it. No one's addressing it. And it was just so funny to read something like that and be like, huh, yeah, I wonder, like, things are can, getting worse. Can I counterpoint that? Please. Should we, as a globe, be taking all our advice from a teenage girl with Asperger's? <sighs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is, her speech caused, um, got, the attention that it did because of the passion with which she yep. said it and the directness and bluntness. It was mm. an amazing speech, very mm. moving. But it was more diagnostic than um, solving any problems. Like it was like, yeah. th th these are the problems. Like it doesn't. Yeah. And I hope to God that the best understanding of, and this isn't belittling her in any way, but the best understanding of 
how to solve the world's problems isn't sitting with the res- that shouldn't be the responsibility of a teenage girl. I know, Do you know, or a teenage. I kid. know, any teenager shouldn't have that responsibility. Like this, there are brilliant minds out there. This is my hope. Like, like where I get a bit of hope is there are really, really smart people working on all these problems. Yeah. And just because we don't see it, just because you don't hear mm. about it doesn't mean it's not happening. It's not happening, yeah. And that's you can't expect everyone to talk about the same thing. Also, mm. if our world is ending, what a depressing way to finish it just by only talking about how it's ending. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's, yeah, that's true. There's a certain point where the, you, we don't have the capacity oh my God. to be one note. I know, it's it's literally like um the... This is where I get cancelled for having a go at Greta Thunberg, <laughs> isn't it? I'm not having a go at her. No, I just think you- it's like... No, I know like what you we, mean. But she was just like bringing attention to something. She's not being like, I have the answers. Because she's like, I don't. I just wish more people would like look at it and that the governments actually do something about it, which I'm like, yeah, go off girly. But it's so funny <laughs> for you to be like, is this how we end our days of like complaining about and worrying about it? Which makes me think, oh, so we should be doing like what they did on the Titanic where the band just started playing again. It's like, let's have some fun. Let's talk about Adam this, Levine cheating on his wife while the world burns. I'm not saying that we. it's one. I, don't, I also don't think it's one or the other. No, no, no. It's you know all of I mean? it. You can be yeah. more environmentally friendly and a bit of a gossip. Yeah, like, totally. You know? like, it's, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio does a lot of good things to the environment <laughs> and a lot of crazy things, <laughs> you know, in his personal life. And God bless him, you know. Mm. I don't know. I'm not here to judge that. Mm. Um, but I reckon in six months' time, there, there might be people judging it. Who knows? Yeah. The way people t- the things turn on a guy. Oh, totally. People like that. But it's... Yeah, so I, I don't think... Like, I think sometimes we get locked in, like... That, I think that's yeah, another effect of that silo. And you create your little bubble and you think that that's all it is and all it should be. Mm. But actually getting out of the bubble sometimes is really um, fun. And, you know, you get to you get to see other perspectives and talk to other people. And it's, I, I, that's, I think... You know, I, I just sort of hope, yeah, we've got a lot of ground to make up with climate change and stuff but mm. survival instinct's pretty strong and we've got a lot of very smart people who want to survive so yeah if at some point we're gonna it's gonna kick in for everyone and it's gonna have to and totally we'll see how we go it's crazy it's got so political i'm the least political person in the world Look at you bringing in all the politics <laughs> concetta unbelievable <laughs> So, so you, when you're on the 7.30 report, how often? Oh, yeah, yeah, once a week. I'd love to see you on q and I got shit to say. <laughs> I got shit to say, but not right now. Not right now. So what, yeah. what, what, what can we keep an eye out for then? Oh, just like in general? Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm, for you, from you. What, what, oh, shit, what shit's coming down the pike? Oh, well, there actually is shit coming down the pike. I, I'm... Um, I'm actually going to be training the rest of the year to be a Triple J presenter. So that's really? exciting. That's cool. And more importantly, I'm working on my show for next year, which is based on what I was talking about, like not the growing up with violence part, but I, it's the story of um, I ran away with my family one day just like to get to escape it. And I didn't tell anyone and me and my family moved across the country to Perth. I changed my name to just start again and like start clean and – um. I've written a show about that year of like, oh, wow. of being the girl being like, this is the year I get to try everything and everything's exciting, everything's amazing and I don't address any of the trauma or any of the the sadness and the the loss and um, the grieving of just like living a whole life apart and you know, I try all these things and obviously nothing goes to plan and that's where like the comedy comes from. Just it, to, sorry, just yeah. to round out that thought. Um, sure. Everyone's 
safe now? Are we, yeah, yeah. We're all mm-hmm. gonna, okay. It's been, um, God, it's been like eight or so years now since we did that and left. So, yeah, it's just telling that, like, story as, like, a one-woman play, and I'm working on that at the moment, which is, like, my life's work to do this. That's outstanding. That'll Yeah, that'll be um, – that's a, what a, and a fascinating approach to take to it, like, from that perspective of instead of, um, like you said, looking at the what caused you to have to flee, mm. concentrating on the what that means when you're – how old were you? I was, um, I think, 19. 19 so yeah that's which is a natural reinvent yourself yeah time in life anyway you know most people are just going away to uni to reinvent themselves yeah you had to move states and literally reinvent yourself yeah that is i felt i was playing catch up like in my head all my friends had like been drinking had been going out with boys had facebook for you like from like 16 like you know i just felt i was still so behind but i think that's a really universal thing of so many people for so many different reasons feel behind about something and they're always like i need to catch up and then you just have to learn that it's okay like you're okay i think you're right i think the one thing that is pretty universal with um adolescents and young people is insecurity yeah like no matter how confident they seem outwardly or whatever mm. that we we all sort of had it. Is that insecurity? You feel like you're the weird one. And yeah. Else am I standing normal. out? Like, am I? Yeah. yeah. What have I missed? Yeah. All that kind and of you stuff. You have no idea everyone else is feeling the exact same way. Yeah. It's all just different contexts and it just kind of shapes who you are and you'll figure it out in your own time. And that's what's so annoying to like be a sheep. But I guess it's a really human thing. If we just look to others, we're always like looking to others and being like, am I, am I on the same thing? We do that with fashion. We do that with everything. And then you know, all our favorite people, leaders, they're like stand out from the crowd and then you have to learn to just accept yourself. And the amount of times I watch Drag Race and they're like the things that people tease me for are like my greatest strengths now. It's like, that's kind of the truth. Excellent. Maybe I can make my greatest strength being uncoordinated. Totally. <laughs> TikTok, that'll go off on TikTok, I'm sure. <laughs> Videos of you being uncoordinated. <laughs> Saying the wrong thing. The yeah, wrong yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose comedy's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is... Um, so what's that show called? Uh, it's called Sienna. Sienna. That was the name I changed to. Oh, lovely! Cool yeah. name. I know. I was really. I thought. It, I thought it was the perfect name for like a, for my dream like personality. Um, but I obviously changed back. But yeah, it's still a special. It was like spelt like the Italian city. I thought that was a really like distinctive part. It was S I E N A, not S I E double N A. That's for trash. A, for a young actor too, this is like you. You backstory you're informing (laughs) (laughs) your character development must have been amazing over that year oh surely definitely (laughs) (laughs) oh awesome um so before we go Mm. thank you very much for your time before we go um plug okay so sienna check that out in festivals yep around the country so Mm -hmm. what are we doing perth oh i actually don't know properly but there'll be if there's a festival i'll probably try to do it i think minimum melbourne yeah melbourne sydney What's the other one? Um, Adelaide? Wow, Adelaide, maybe. Oh, like maybe Brisbane or something. I did that last. I did that this year with Ben. I always think it was last year. Yeah, whatever. Just, you know, there'll be It'll a be link. Around. You'll figure yes. it out. Uh, so where can people find you to keep up with everything? Uh, Conchetta <laughs> Carista. Um, at Conchetta Worldwide is my Instagram bio. At Conchetta Caristo is my Twitter and... Um, do you want to spell either of those? Oh yeah, I people? guess I should spell it. So Conchetta is spelled C O N C E T T A. The usual way. The usual way. And yes. then my podcast, 
the Quebloa and big natural talents. Excellent. Well, give all those things a listen and uh, yes, follow uh, Conchetta on uh, social media because she's a good follow. And uh, thank you very much for thank doing you. it, Conchetta. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah.